in skies. Welcome to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Josh. His name is Jake. Let's go Bucks. Episode number one. Jake and I are two brothers who grew up going to Pirates games as kids from Three River Stadium to PNC Park. We fell in love with baseball at a very young age and we're loyal Pirate fans because that's what Buckos fans are. They're loyal. No matter how long the bridge to Bucktober is, we're along for the ride. Join the discussion with us and let's talk Bucko baseball together. Spring training is upon us. We're going to talk about spring training. We're going to talk about off season and whatever else we get into. What's up, Jake? Not much, man. Glad to be here. Glad, glad baseball's back, man. I, I'm ready. It's been a long off season. It has been a long, you know what it feels like? It's been a long off season, but it feels like last year's season was so short that I don't even feel like we even had one. I, yeah, I, I can feel that. I could feel that. Like, I feel like it just flew by. I mean, it, I mean, it did. Well, right. But 60 games, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got, I got, I got to say the playoffs, it went pretty well. I, I mean, they were exciting. Yeah, they were exciting, except there was a few teams that didn't, that didn't belong there. I didn't like the, the extra teams. I thought there were teams that weren't very good that made the postseason that, that shouldn't have been in the postseason. Yeah, I could agree with that. I mean, there, but without the expanded postseason, who what was it? Was it the the Astros wouldn't have made the playoffs, and and they actually made a run for it. Well, okay, so but that's a testament to say the Astros were better than their regular season record, and had you played 162, they would have came back and won enough games to get into the postseason. True, but a team like the Marlins, they, they looked a lot better than they were. Yeah, you didn't get the you didn't get the highs and lows. You just got the highs or the lows. Right. Is is the way I felt this the 60. And that's why I think they did the expanded playoffs to be honest. That is the only unfortunate part about it is that as a Pirates fan, we won 19 games. <laughs> we sure did. So if we'd have had a longer season, at least that number could have been higher. Maybe we would have run off more than what? I think the most games we ever won in a row this year or last year was three games, I think. I don't recall exactly. I don't really know. I'd I'd have to look it up. We didn't run very many, so. Let's just get into baseball's here. Spring training's here. Pitchers and catchers are already there. Key Brian Hayes is already there, which is always good for the Pirates Twitter account. Anytime they can post up a video of him fielding some ground balls, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you watching for this spring? Anything like what? What are we looking for? We're, I mean, we're hungry. We're hungry mm-hmm. for baseball, but we're a little like uh, it's kind of hard to get excited for a team that you know is is going to lose a lot of games. So, what are we looking for? I mean. Just in spring training alone, I mean, you look at some of the guys that are going to be down there this year, the the non-roster invitees, you you got like Nick Gonzalez. I mean, he's going to be there and they don't want to send him. They don't want to send him to rookie camp until they absolutely have to. Quinn Priester, 
dude's going to be a stud. I want to I want to see some of these guys. I want to see this Mason Martin. I haven't heard a whole lot about him, but I I was looking through some of these guys the other day. Dude rakes. Like he hits bombs. He's he's been in minor league baseball for 3 years. He's hit 60 home runs. <laughs> I didn't know that. 60 yeah. In 2019, he hit 35 home runs. And you got to like it. I mean, a left-handed batter, PNC Park. I mean, the batting averages haven't been there. I mean, they, when he hit 35 bombs, he batted 254. But he had 35 bombs. <laughs> you hit you 35 bombs, you hit 254. I'm happy with 254. You're looking to see the prospects get some TV time. Yes. You're looking at the future. 100%. Well, I'm not going to even, I'm not going to say 100% because I'm also looking at guys like Brian Reynolds, like, let's bounce back. How, how are you going to respond to that atro- <laughs> atrocious season, especially in his mind? Yeah. Never hit under 300 in any uh, season. And that goes all the way back to Vanderbilt days. Yeah. It's crazy. Every level hitting 300 comes out and hits below the Mendoza line (laughs) just doesn't happen. And that's part of like, once you realize, like if you had a bad, even a month and a half or two months, you're like, there's no way I can get this average up. Even if I hit well. Yeah. I mean, everybody talking about Frazier's bad year and really the last like month of the season, he was fine, but he didn't have enough time to bring the average up. So he he in his last 27 games he he well he started off 4 for 27 with a 148 but then his last 27 games he was batting 340 yeah he's fine yeah i think a lot of teams are are playing down on him uh because of that and they're just trying to they're trying to give up less and that's why he hasn't been dealt yet sure i think for me, yes, there's a lot of like prospect stuff that I'm looking at, but I also want to see the new players that we got. I just want to see them move. I want to see them having at bat. I want to see, cause there's a lot of them that we're not familiar with. Uh, Kane and Smith and even going back to, uh, Piguero that we got in the Marte deal. I, we haven't seen him, you know what I mean? So I'm excited to see him. And I mean, I know we're jam-packed at shortstop right now, and you got O'Neill Cruz kind of teetering at that position, but this Piguero could actually be the guy. Could be. He could be the guy. But uh, the other thing is our 40-man roster's full. So there's no room for guys like Goodwin and Todd Frazier and Wilmer, uh, Wilmer Defoe, like there's no room for those guys. So, and, and those are major league names. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, those guys are, they, they prove they can hang in the major leagues. Tony Walters is the other one I was thinking of. There's, uh, I don't remember who I was just reading, uh, but somebody did their projection for the pirates roster. And on that projection, they included 
Brian Goodwin and Tony Walters in their projection for who's going to make the roster. And I thought to myself, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're going to get it because who are they going to let go or at least be willing to let go of in order to let get those guys on the roster? Sure. You know what I mean? Because they've yeah. got to DFA some people. Speaking of DFA and people, another guy I want to see this spring, Will Craig. Big prospect, right? Coming up, just lost everything, DFA'd. He stayed with him. He accepted the assignment, but now I feel like he's going to have a lot to prove. Absolutely. And I think he has a clear path along with Todd Frazier as a right-handed option at first base. Because you look at Colin Moran's numbers and he's hitting 277, two straight years. And then last year was down in the, I think, 230s, 240s. And the reason for that is he played against lefties last year. And the first two years before that, he didn't. Yeah. So I'm all about like, let's maximize his his potential and his ability by just saying he's going to face right-handed pitching. Yeah. We need somebody to play first base when there's a lefty on the mound because it's just not worth it to have him there. And that's okay. I'm hoping that, you know, that he can become trade bait. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what you're looking at. But anyway, yeah, the, I mean, those are the guys I'm looking forward to seeing. And I, I mean, Anthony Alford, Jared Oliva, they've got to come out and be terrible if Brian Goodwin wants to make the roster. Is it Oliva or is it Oliva? I don't know. I've heard him say it both ways. Yeah. How about I say Oliva, you say Oliva, then on this We're podcast covered. we'll have it covered. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is there's not a clear path for any of these invitees to get there. So barring yeah. pitchers a little bit easier because you could have somebody go down with, oh, I need Tommy Johns. Well, now we can add somebody because we got a 60, 60, uh, 60 day DL. So somebody like Clay Holmes or Cody Bolton or James Marvel or Chase and Shreve, they've got opportunities because of injuries. And the only opportunity you have as an offensive player right now is if Adam Frazier gets traded or somebody is really bad. You know what I mean? Un bad enough that the Pirates are willing to let him go to another team by designating him for assignment. I mean, it's the only way. Well, I mean, I'll give you the number one candidate for that. Gregory Polanco. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. That what you so that's the that's actually a good one. Uh, I want to see him come out of the gates and see what he. At this point, we just need his traf his his trade stock to go up. I mean, that's what that's what we need from him. But yeah, I mean, he's he's gonna play. He's your veteran. I mean, we've seen him come out of the gates. Was that twenty nineteen when he came out of the gates? He was he was killing the ball. Good. And then a week later, he's hurt. Well, and that's going to be, but that's his thing. I mean, if he can stay healthy, then maybe he can be 
productive. I mean, he plays through a lot of injuries, and I think that hurts him. But he just didn't. If you if you're getting hurt like that all the time, it would be hard to to become what you what everybody thought you were going to become. Agree. So all these guys, I mean, you look at, I mean, it's, it's funny to think that our 40 man roster is, is full because we lost Tyone, Musgrove, Bell, Kella, Archer, Holland, Osuna, Davidas Neveraskis, Nick Turley, Trevor Williams, all names that are gone. Mm -hmm. Trades designated for assignments, releases, just all that. I'm surprised, by the way, that Jose Osuna was released. I think it was just a, he's not in our plans. We've got too many guys kind of thing, but he could have been a nice right-handed first baseman for us. Yeah, and, and I think I think they uh, think they were giving him that opportunity last year to prove that he could hang playing more, and he fell on his face. Yeah. But the problem is it was 2020. I mean, there were so many good bats out there that didn't perform. And and I hate to see a guy like, I mean, dude has raw power, raw power. And you hate to see a guy like that get uh, released because of a year that pretty much everybody struggled. Yeah, I'd, when I look at uh, any of these players on any team, I basically write off that season. Yeah. It's easy for a Pirates fan to say because of Brian Reynolds, but I write off that season. But, yeah, I mean, 2019, 10 home runs, 264, and it felt like it was, you know, part-time, and it was like, hey, that's not bad. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, last year was just. It was bad, bad. Yeah. So, claim Michael Perez, who also is a veteran, who also has experience. I mean, he was in the World Series last year with the Rays. Mm -hmm. um, he would have to fall off in order for Tony Walters to make the roster. They'd have to say, eh, Michael Perez, like, we're, never mind. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Wilmer Defoe was just a minor league invite. I think he could be, if... If the pieces fall, if there's an injury, I think he can find his way up. Like if Frazier's traded and if, you know, you got Newman and and Tucker and Gonzalez that are all kind of handling those middle infield spots, I think that if any of those guys go down, I feel like that's where his opportunity comes mm -hmm. in. How, however, there's talk about Phillip Evans at second base, so maybe even maybe he's even further away than that. Um, yeah. And then Chase and Shreve, Brian Goodwin, Tony Walters – Todd Frazier, we talked about all them. Tyler Anderson, he's going to start, and he's going to start all year. He's going to pitch innings, and it's going to be whatever. But that's what we need, guys to pitch innings. But then when you look at the trades, this is guys that, that are coming in. Josh Bell was Will Crow, Eddie Yeen. They both came in, pitchers. For Musgrove, you get... Andy Rodriguez, the catcher from the Mets, and then from the Padres, you get uh, David Bedner, Hudson Head, Drake Fellows, Omar Cruz. Jameson Tyone brings pitchers Ronzi Contreras and Miguel Yahure. And then infielders Michael 
Mike, Michael, or just maybe Michael Escado and Kanan Smith. So like, there's a lot of players. Now, those, most of those guys are the guys that you're saying, hey, I want to see these guys play. Right. You know, a little little tippet that Kane and Smith and Jigba. Yes. His brother plays for Ohio State. Oh, yeah? Not too far away. Nope. Kane and Smith can drop bombs, I guess. I, I, don't, I don't know much about him. I'll be honest. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure he drops bombs. I don't know. We'll find out. Yep. Um, <laughs> I listened to the uh, the Talking Baseball podcast with with uh, John Boy and those guys, and mm-hmm. they brought up the Todd Frazier signing, <laughs> and they were like, "Man, if he makes that roster, and you're not a fan, th- this is I'm okay." So I'm going to set this up a little bit. Jake's not a huge fan of Todd Frazier. Not a huge fan. And it's basically maybe the Reds days just rubbed him the wrong way. We're not going to get into it, but that's basically where it's at. But they're like, you got Cole Tucker and Todd Frazier on the same team. No two players have as good a times as those guys. (laughs) And it's just so funny because like, that's what like, that's what that's what you know of Todd Frazier is that he's fun and he has a good time. And because he played for the Reds in some tense moments against the Pirates, we don't always get to see that side of Todd Frazier. <laughs> we see like red figuratively when we see the Reds. You know what I mean? Well, here here's here's my thoughts on Todd Frazier. I, I know I ran it in to you, you know, earlier when it first happened. But here's what I want to see. I want to see him prove me wrong. I want to see him come out. I want to see that fun side of Todd Frazier. I don't like not liking guys. So I want to see that other side of him. And I, I and I want to become a Todd Frazier fan if, you know, if he can come out and, and, and show that side of him and be that fun guy that, you know, energetic, make our team and make our team better. I'm on board. I mean, let's get to know the guy. I'm not going to get too, too far into it. He rubbed me the wrong way, probably because he was a pirate killer. Yeah. He crushed the pirates. Crushed us. His numbers at PNC Park are ridiculous. His numbers at Great American Park when we played the pirates were ridiculous. (laughs) But I mean, let's, I'm I'm saying I'm going to be open to it. Let's, let's see what happens. He's on the outside looking in anyway. I think if there's a way he gets on the team, I think it does help some of these young guys. He's had success. Mm -hmm. You need guys like that. I mean, Gregory Polanco has had success too, but you know what? Gregory Polanco can also speak to some younger guys about doing what you can to stay healthy and to try to protect, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll tell you what Gregory Polanco could do. He could talk quite a few guys into signing a contract extension <laughs> because he's going to be like, it could turn out like me and he's making $11 million. And I don't think if he would have just played through the the process of, of three years and then three years of arbitration, 
there's no way he would have he would have got that no. if his career would have went the same way. Correct. So, and it's unfortunate because I really like Gregory Polanco. I I mean I I do too, and it, it go you know I let's see him do good. Let's see him come out of the gates. Let's let's see it. Yeah. So with all these offseason moves real quick, I just want to know, because I know that you and I have talked about this in the past and there's been a lot of chatter about who, like before the offseason, about who the Pirates will go after. What kind of what kind of players is Ben Sherrington going to look for in this type of a season? And I kind of thought that they'd be in play for guys like Jock Peterson to say, hey, if you come play for us, we'll let you play against left-handers and you'll have a starting spot and you can prove everybody else wrong. And then that in turn turns into a player you can flip. But it seems like he didn't go that way. He's going the way of, I'm, I'm buying low. I'm getting innings out of pitchers. I'm getting role players out of offensive players. And that was his plan. Yeah. And 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 he and, he, and that's he executed. And I, in my opinion, he 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 did well. Um, the, the trades, the, the one, trades, the trades. He did really well, really well. Because um, there's a hand, like just a handful of people of players coming back, and they're not like top tier guys, but like Sherrington's big thing is development. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I have confidence that in the past with, with Huntington, I thought Huntington made some good trades. I think the Archer trade killed him, but I think he made good trades. Even Brian Reynolds for McCutcheon, as much as we, nobody here wants to see McCutcheon go anywhere. Right. We wanted the whole career, right? Yeah. But like, look at the numbers and he's outperformed McCutcheon. He's still not out personing Andrew McCutcheon. We like them both. Cutch is our guy. Right. right. Absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, there are some. I mean, you talk about the, even the Garrett Cole trade. Because now, I mean, I know this part of it is Sherrington, but now look at the list of players that technically came through the Garrett Cole thing by getting Musgrove in that trade. Right. But anyway, what Huntington didn't do well is he didn't have the pieces in place for development. There's no reason Garrett Cole couldn't have been this pitcher in Pittsburgh. Right. There's no reason that guys like Nick Kingham and Tyler glass now weren't as good as they were supposed to be in Pittsburgh. Right. And Kingham, who knows, but he, didn't he sign in Korea? I think so. I haven't looked anything up though. I, I, I don't really know how he's doing, but the, the point is, is he was a big time. He was supposed to be part of the, of a really special rotation. Right. And instead Huntington had to go reinvent all the players. I mean, all the like Burnett, Liriano, Hap, uh, Volquez, you know what I mean? All those guys he had to bring in and get uncle Ray to fix them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think one of the big things that he's done in Sherrington is he's given the the pirates organization a direction. And, and, and he's, he's not veering from it. Yeah. Um, and I think that was one thing that, that I thought, you know, 
I should say the other thing that Neil Huntington kind of struggled with because Neil Huntington would go out and he and he would he would get rid of a big player and get some prospects in return. Okay, but then he would also give up like our big name prospects for a guy that's supposed to help us now. Like and 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 it is the one that killed him is the yeah. Archer trade. But you know, you just saw some things like that, and it was just like but that's not where we were going. Austin Meadows yeah. was our right fielder of the future. You know, I, I think if I, th- not because I don't like him, but I think if we could have gotten Pol- Polanco in that trade, if we could have, you know, I don't think it would have worked. I don't think we would have got him, but if he could have worked a deal out where it would have been Polanco instead of Meadows, because at that point, you, you got your young guy coming in and your older guy going out, which is what the Rays do. It's what the Indians do. It's what, you know, I mean, teams around the league do to stay competitive in a small market. And I felt like that wasn't a small market team trade. But also what the Rays do is, they're yeah, they're, they were getting rid of the old guy. And they were yeah. getting young. Right. Anyway. Sherrington's here now. I agree with you. I think he's given us direction. I think we know. I think the writing's on the wall. And even though I thought they, because the payroll's so low, they had money to go out and spend and get somebody who costs a little bit more money for a one-year or a two-year deal to, Mm -hmm. to bridge that gap until the next wave comes in. But he made it pretty clear what he was doing. And maybe he's, maybe he's trying to get in good graces with the owner. Hey, if I save you a ton of money now, would you be willing to spend when it's time to win? Right. Maybe, maybe not. The Rays never do. (laughs) No, the Rays don't. So maybe that's still not in the cards. Anyway, we'll just, we'll finish this conversation later. That's all we're going to have for today. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Hey guys, this is Jake. Thanks for being on the Bridge to Bucktober with us. To get connected and join in the discussion, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bridge to Bucktober. On Twitter, it's Bridge to Bucktober. That's Bridge, the number two, Bucktober. If you want to talk about something specific, shoot us a DM and let us know. We'll talk about it.